Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, my name is Stuart Miles and welcome to the Pocalimp Podcast. The launch season continues with Amazon taking centre stage this week. New announcements include the Echo Studio, Echo Buds, Echo Glow and even a new updated Echo. And that's before you even start to talk about the new experimental devices such as a dog tracker, glasses and yes, a smart ring. Dan is in the event in Seattle and joins me to discuss the big announcements. Meanwhile, Apocalypse editor Chris Hall has been running, running with a former SBS man, Ant Middleton, to see how he uses tech, why his mates don't invite him to paintballing, and what he thinks about the new Garmin running watches. And Cam on the team tells us what he thinks of the new OnePlus 7T, the latest phone from the company that comes out just four months. Yes, four months after the last one. Should you get one? Find out Cam's verdict later. But first, Dan, to you, what's the highlight of the event for you? Yeah, I mean, there was so many devices. Uh, we weren't expecting as many devices this year as last year. But um, again, they spewed out a, a load of devices. Um, I think the highlights really um, among the Echo, the, the, the key Echo devices are the Echo Studio, which is um, a £190 um, HomePod competitor, really, um, that uh, you know promises um, excellent sound quality. Um, it's got full subwoofer and, um, uh, and uh, some uh, four tweeters as well, so it's pretty pretty powerful. Um, it supports Dolby Atmos, um, and uh, it also works with Amazon Music HD for high high res audio as well. So that's pretty interesting. Um, also, the Echo Buds, which are basically um, Amazon's. Uh, uh, AirPods competitor, um, and they're going to be £120. Interestingly, they feature some noise reduction technology, not noise cancelling, but noise re- reducing technology that um, has been developed with Bose. Um, but they, you know, they, 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 they sound fairly decent and, um, you know, pretty good for that price, really. And the Echo Flex, tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, the Echo Flex is 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 a is a, a Echo device that basically plugs into a, a standard plug socket. It's going to be a version for the UK and the US, um, and it, it basically is designed um, to counter counteract the problem where people have put an Echo dot in in a place, but they've had to sort of wind the cable around somewhere, or you know, to get the get the power to it. Um, you know, much the same way as we, you know, sometimes people struggle to to get the power cord for a router to put the router in a good place. They they have to, you know, get an extra power cord or whatever. Um, so it's designed to sort of counteract that really by plugging directly into the power like a power line um, connector. Um, it's got um, an echo light on it so you can see when you're talking to, to Alexa, although Alexa doesn't talk back to you. It's like the echo input in that. Um, there's also um, a, a microphone in there, in there obviously, um, and uh, you've also got um, other action buttons as well. So it's it, it's an interesting device. There's also a couple of extra bits that plug into it 
as well and as accessories one's a, a like a like a night light and then there's a motion sensor as well so they all they all sort of plug in modularly to the to the same the, the same device and we i think we'll see more of extras for that for that device it's, it's an interesting one i think it's more of an experiment experiment to see if it takes off because as we were saying um with the various devices sort of being perhaps confusing to consumers where they fit in this one doesn't sort of fit in as naturally as some of the others but this isn't a replacement for a smart plug this is just another plug <laughs> that's right it's just another it's just another echo effectively. Um, and another way um, of getting echo into your home yeah absolutely um but it's it's uh, pretty affordable at £25, you know, it's quite uh, quite low price. So they're hoping that it will sort of fit in below the Echo Dot, really. Um, and again, with, with Amazon's, you know, usual discounting, you know, we could be seeing it at £15, £16, pounds and that would be pretty, pretty compelling, really. And so that's the sort of main traditional state of what people were probably buying. I know there was the Glow, which is like a smart light, isn't there? And there's an, even a, a smart oven, which looks like the follow-on from from uh, the microwave last year but let's talk about some of the more experimental things what's what's this day one editions all about yeah day one editions are basically well, well day one is amazon's sort of uh, corporate ethos really um that we're always at day one um and basically amazon was saying that uh, they have numerous echo devices that they've they've developed that never see the light of day um and you know, they wanted to basically bring some to market. Um, we think they're going to be US only, really, um, but it, it could well be that they 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 point the way to future Echo devices that are more widely taken up. Um, there's two two devices in the range. Um, one is a pair of smart glasses, and one's a smart ring. The ring is fairly chunky, and I can't see that sort of taking off really at the moment. Um, but the glasses aren't don't look too bad. Um, and uh, again, they've they built they have feature built in Alexa just like the Echo Buds, um, and uh, you can sort of invoke them, and they'll pair with your phone, and um, and and you can you know call up the weather or or, or um, you know issue various commands or whatever you want to really. Now these these kind of remind me of the of the Bose frames that we saw earlier in the summer, which were sunglasses. Is that would that be a good assumption? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a good comparison, really. Um, they uh, you know they they. They've certainly got potential, but I think you know Amazon has sort of thrown a lot of stuff at the wall over the last couple of years, and I think this is this is part of that. They just want to see whether there is a, there is potential in the market, I guess, for 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 a device like these. I mean, they're they're quite different to the sort of more traditional um, Echo Show and. Uh, standard amazon echo stuff that they've done they've they've done for this launch so um it is it is a bit out there really and one of the things that i noticed from previous years was when they first had this big event a couple of years ago there seemed to be a lot of products that were very similar to each other this year it feels like there are there's a lot more sort of divisions between them you've got the sort of high-end audio you've got the the clock now on the dot and things like that would that do you think they'd kind of now find their niche and they're kind of trying to get amazon and alexa everywhere or is there still some confusion going on yeah i think there's i think there's a lot less confusion i think you know we saw the, the classic example of the confusion last year was that they launched the echo input to basically replace the echo dot but they also redid a new echo dot 
with you know that that was better so i mean and that that just confuses consumers i think this time we've got a new echo dot with a with a clock in the side which is an interesting uh, interesting addition um for those who don't want to go for um uh, you know a, 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 a sort of more expensive device um so that that sort of cloud that sort of fits in with that range and we've got the new standard echo that is just a new standard echo with better sound quality um you know it doesn't sort of impinge on anything else um and uh, we've got an echo show 8 which fits between the echo show the big echo show which is the 10 inch model and uh, the echo show 5 as well so that's just a different option so yeah it, it does feel like it, it, it there's a bit more sort of clarity this time and what do you think your uh, what's your highlight what's your favorite thing you've seen whether it's, it's sensible or bonkers I, I I do think the Echo Studio has a lot of potential. Um, uh, the, the Echo Dot with a clock is quite interesting, actually. I think a lot of people will go for that. It actually, um, you know, has a digital clock on the side of it, um, underneath the fabric. Um, but it also, um, you know, if you ask Alexa what the temperature is, it will display the temperature. Um, and I actually think that's quite a quite a cool thing. Obviously, a lot of people are using them in the bedroom um, for, you know, as, a, as an alarm clock and that kind of thing. And I think actually, in terms of people's everyday uh, existence with these devices that is actually quite a cool extra still to come cam gives us his verdict on the new oneplus 7t so this particular time it yeah it offers a lot more than the oneplus 7 did but i think that maybe the oneplus 7 didn't really need to exist it's not every day you get to go running with a former member of the sbs but that's exactly what pocket Lens chris hall had to do to secure an interview for this podcast Ant middleton is best known as the chief instructor on channel 4's television series sas who dares wins but he's also a lifelong garmin watch user having used the watches for a number of years after finishing a rather fast 5k through richmond park in london chris started by asking Ant just how technology focused he actually is. Um, that's a good question because I come from a background where technology sort of took over and that was in the Special Forces. And we went from a sort of fighting era of boots on the ground to um, a fighting era of satellites, you know, drones, um, you know, guided sort of technology orientated uh, weaponry, whatever it may be, it was like very, a very sort of tech heavy. And that, yeah. that transition happened very fast. So one minute, you know, you're going through your drills and the next minute, you know, you, you're, you're pulling back from a compound, for example, and you're looking at a screen, which has got, you know, very detailed footage of a, of a drone that sits at like 20, 20 odd thousand meet, um, 20 odd thousand feet in the air. Um, so you have to sort of, um, adapt to the technology, but I, I was—I would say I was a technophobe. You know, I was—I was one of these people at first that was like, you know, just do it the old way, map and compass. Yeah. Um, but once you get your head around it, and it's simplified, very much like like Garmin do, um, then it's not—you don't really. It's not hard to learn. Does that make sense? You know, you almost think that you have to reinvent the world, but yeah. you don't. It's just like it's it's quite simple and quite effective once you get your head around it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we should probably say that we're here today because of Garmin. So we've met mm. up and we've been out for a run, and talking about technology and just sort of the changing of skills. Do you think there's a danger that people can become too dependent on the technology? Um, you, mm. you said earlier. Uh, you mentioned about 
do the basic things right. Mm. Um, so, yeah, do you think there's a danger that technology takes over and people forget about the basics? I think, that, you know, there should be a, a merge between the two, but I think, you know, you, you need to have both interbred. You know, it's all, almost a hybrid of technology and, and human capability, shall we say. Now, let's not forget what we... Uh, as humans are capable of, you know, you go back years, we've always got by, you know, we've come up with this technology. So, um, but the hybrid between the two is very interesting. You know, it's, um, you can be a very, very capable person, but like with the Garmin, for example, I don't need to worry about attaching a compass to me. I don't need to worry about having a map on me. I don't need to worry about if, if I lose it, what the weather's like, because it's like, you know, it's just a simple bit of kit. Yeah. on you and once you get your head around it it's very effective and if not more effective but it's always good to to keep your wits about you and to 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 know what we are capable of as humans so i wouldn't completely rely on technology because you know you're being you're very you're being very irresponsible there um but also if it's there and it's going to enhance your performance and sort of um and help you um perform in the future then absolutely, you know, have it as a bolt-on all day, every day. Yeah. So with Garmin in particular, that's what we're really here to talk about. Yeah. Um, and you, you've said that you've been using Garmin for a long time. Years um, What What is your standout feature from a Garmin device? What do you think is the best thing? Do you know what I've always, always, um, as hit a nerve with Garmin, is the accuracy. It is so accurate. You know, it's like, wow. And in the military, precision is everything you know you're talking you're going on to a, a location a, a hillside an extraction point an infiltration point you know you're talking meters you know you have to be like that and that's well that's why i've always stuck with garmin at the beginning now, i always use the fortrex and the e-trex which is their gps and eventually over the years i've gone on to to using the the smart you know the smart watches um but they're just you know, their technology is next to none. And when you do actually do your research on Garmin, they, they you know, their first piece of the technology were, were aircraft, you know, mm. aircraft. It's like, that that takes precision, that takes excellence, that takes, you know, you, you don't, you can't, it's, it's in it's in the history of, of, of the company. Sure. So, um, I've just been one of those that it's never let me down. So why risk changing and being let down? So if we apply that to an average person every day, they want to get fitter, mm -hmm. what does Garmin have to offer those people? Simplicity. Simplicity. It's, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm someone that's on the go all the time. I don't want to sit down and read for a manual. I don't do that, even though it's there. I, I like to pick it up and go, here's the menus. You've got three menu, you know, few menu buttons here that you press, and you can, you can scroll, scroll, through, scroll through whatever you want. On, on your watch and it's just easy you like that right press that middle one and I've straight away I've got watch face clocks history and it goes into your widgets and your applications and then you know I press the other menu button on the right hand side and it goes into my activities that I do my navigation it's like you can almost it's one of those well, I'm a very visual and uh, practical person mm -hmm. so I can almost play around with this in five minutes and completely understand it and that's what I like about about Garmin it's like, I talk, I talk about the, the basics done to a high level consistently. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's, it's the basics done to a high level, but it, it consistently and, and simplistically. So now that you are out of the military, what are you doing to keep yourself in shape? 
Um, I do a lot of uh, mountaineering, a lot of hiking. Um, I'm an endurance athlete. Um, not so much running, as in um, long distance running, but um, I'm a more of a short distance runner because I've got, you know, I've got quite, I carry quite a lot of lot of weight up um, up top. But I love my trail running. Mm-hmm. You know, I love my swimming. It's it's funny because I'm I'm someone that has to uh, mix up my training. I cannot get into a routine with training because the moment I get into a routine and my body gets used to it, it's almost, I'm in, I'm in constant battle with it. I'm like, you know, yeah. I'll wake up, for example, one morning, and I'll, my routine will be, right, I'm going for I'm going for a run this morning, and then I'll wake up and I'll trick my body. I'll go, right, do you know what? I'm not going to go for a run. I'm going to jump in the car, go to the swimming pool, and I'm going to bang out a couple of K. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'll do that. And also, I don't plan to train on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and a Sunday, for example. I'll plan to, to train every single day but also knowing that that's not possible. You know, so I might miss out two or three days, but therefore still two or three days, I'm still, I'm still getting a good four or five sessions in a week. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and I use that as a, as a lifestyle trend. I listen, I listen to my body. You know, I'm not someone that looks in the mirror and goes, oh, I've got a bit of fat there, therefore I must do more abs. I'm like, no, my core's strong. I'm happy with that. You know, I'm, I'm feeling like a, well, I feel a bit you know, claustrophobic. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to blow my lungs out a little bit. Um, and I'm so spontaneous with my training like that and it, like I said it can be from, from mountaineering to, to hiking to swimming to running um, but ultimately yeah, I, li- I like to get out and about and I'm, I'm, an, I'm an adventurer at heart um, but I like to uh, when I talk about adventure I'm talking you know a couple of weeks a couple of months not a couple of days so is there anything big exciting that you got planned coming up? well it's one of those I've always got something big and exciting planned but because of my career I sort of now I have to sort of filter it into, into my career, which is great because, you know, my career allows me to introduce my hobbies so I can sort of mix the two together. But, you know, sometimes, you know, I've done Everest last year. I'd like to go off and do another mountain, but it's finding that time, you know, to, to actually do that now. I'm so busy um, doing everything else and, uh, and, and building, building my future. Um, that that extreme sort of endurance adventure stuff, I'm starting to have to you know I'm starting to have to take off the weeks now, you know, yeah. rather than oh yeah no, I can go away for six weeks like mm, can't really afford to have you away for six weeks now. <laughs> I mean, probably have you away for three weeks maximum and I'm like okay what can I do in three weeks that's gonna push myself and that's what I love doing I love just I love grinding myself down um, to a point where I might do that after seven, ten days, and then just, just weeks after that, just, just pushing through. You know, I like to get into that zone of where my body's screaming at me and just, just seeing how far I can stay in, in, that, in that zone. So it's a very sort of unique way of thinking and of testing my body. But, um, yeah, I, I try and get away as much as I can. And you're doing it all with your new garment. And I'm doing it with, <laughs> all with my new garment, absolutely. And it's one of those, and um, I've, I'm very true to my brands. You know, I'm not someone that will just jump on it for the for, for the for the sake of having a face to a, to a name and being being you know associated with someone. You know, it's got to be authentic to me. Yeah, if you look at every, all the brands that I that I do, which are not many, first of all, which are not many, so it tells you about me. Um, and then, but you look at the brand. I've always used them. You know, people have thrown money at me. Around, Can you wear these? I'm like, absolutely not. I don't know who what you're about. Or I'll, I'll try them. I go, doesn't fit well with me. So, um, Garmin, out of, out of everyone, you know, 
had a relationship with them for 15 years and hopefully I'll have another 15 years with them. <laughs> so final question, just to wrap everything up. There is a, a well-known trend that professional footballers like to play FIFA in their off time. They mm -hmm. play as themselves. Mm -hmm. Do special forces guys sit around in their off time playing Call of Duty? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I, I'm one of these people, well, I scream at the TV or someone, goes, someone says to me, paintballing is, is the worst one. They say, Anne, you're going to come with me, paint. I go, all right, then this might be a stag do, whatever. I go to it, and I'm absolutely useless at it. And I'm like, the reason why we got you here, Anne, it's because you're meant to be ex-special forces, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, don't, don't have that perception. So, um, and I'm very much... Um, as well, you know, I've been out of the military for eight years now. I'm very much out on that side of things. And um, don't forget, obviously, you know, the tools um, that it's given me, but my headspace is different, my vision is different, um, my priorities are different. So, um, my yeah, my, my weapons, whether it's uh, Call of Duty or actually rejoining, are very well in, in the past. Doesn't time fly? It's not even been four months but already OnePlus has announced an update to the OnePlus 7 smartphone. The new model, which replaces the one launched in May, is the new OnePlus 7T. It comes complete with a new screen, new processors, new features and more to rave about. Pocalint's contributing editor Cam Bunton has already been using the phone ahead of its global announcement, and we caught up with him to find out what he thought the best bits were, what he wished they'd got right, and whether or not you should actually get one. So it's an interesting one. Uh, the OnePlus 7T to me feels a lot like what the OnePlus 7 should have been because normally um, when they do like their T versions of phones, these are sort of like the slightly refreshed version of the previous phone. But it looks different and it feels a lot different in the hand. It's more powerful. It's got a much better screen. It's got a triple camera. So calling this the 7T is a bit weird to me. Um, and the 7 as it was didn't actually offer much different to the 6T that came six months before it even looked pretty much exactly the same. Um, so yeah, to me, it feels like the phone that the OnePlus 7 should have been, but at the same time, it, it's a very good phone. Um, it's a typical OnePlus, it's really fast, it's fluid. They've updated the display panel on the front, so that's a really fast refresh rate, it's 90 Hertz refresh rate which means basically that you've got fast smooth animation so everything you do on it feels really speedy and responsive um, it's hdr 10 plus compliance as well which is one of the i think there's only two or three phones currently on the market that offer that hdr 10 plus uh, compliant viewing so when you're watching netflix it looks fantastic basically because the screen is also really really bright uh, at a thousand nits so it's a fantastic phone um, they haven't told us how much it's going to cost yet, but we suspect as normal it's going to cost a lot less than a typical iPhone or Samsung, Huawei or Google Pixel might cost you. Now, before we start getting into the bits that you really like, having reviewed it for the last week and the bits you hate, let's just go back to that six-month thing. Do you find that if you look at other manufacturers, you know, the Samsungs, the Apples, even the Huaweis of this world, they're struggling, it seems, sometimes to include new features to push the phones on. Yeah. Is that is that the case here, that you see that it's, you know, they're kind of clutching at straws to include, or is there really enough, do you feel there's enough to get excited about? In this particular instance, there is a lot to be excited about. And like I, it was like I said just now, it's um, it was more the OnePlus 7 that didn't really offer much 
over the OnePlus 6T, which came out around October, November last year. So this particular time, it, yeah, it offers a lot more than the OnePlus 7 did. But I think that maybe the OnePlus 7 didn't really need to exist. Um, it didn't offer much. So it's a weird one because OnePlus, and again, it's um, sister company Oppo does similar things where they'll refresh their range very, very frequently. Um, and OnePlus started doing it maybe three or four years ago now. So clearly they've seen some success and they decided to carry on doing it. Whether or not that's just going to annoy consumers who have just bought the latest one four months ago, um, we'll we'll find out. I was going to say, or in theory, the the customers that were looking forward to buying a, a OnePlus 8 in, in sort of the beginning of next year. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a funny one, and it's it's an unusual way to work because I think for the past few years we've become so accustomed to f- smartphone makers releasing stuff once a year, pretty much on schedule. The iPhone comes out every September. Samsung Galaxy S comes out in March. The Galaxy Note comes out in September time again. So it's it's unusual for us, especially now that people are taking much longer between phone upgrades to see companies refreshing them so frequently because it hasn't it hasn't even been six months since the OnePlus 7 came out. So it is very, very fast turnaround. Now, what is your favorite feature? So you've been using it for a while. What's 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 the, the killer feature that everybody should think if they're going to buy this that they'd be really excited about? A killer feature? That's interesting. For me, I think compared to the previous model, again, I think that display on the front is really, really good. Um, that smoothness and the HDR10, the colors, the contrast, everything about it is fantastic. And they've pushed the bezels ever so slightly further into the corners, so they're much slimmer. So it just seems to dominate that front space. It looks really, really fantastic. And a feature that you think, hmm, I wish they'd fixed that or had included that or hadn't done that? Um, always with OnePlus, it seems that every time they give us a new phone to play with, it's the cameras that kind of let it down. So this year they've put the triple camera in the back um, and also they've got night mode like a lot of other smartphone makers have, but we just seem to, every time they give us a new phone before it's launched, it seems like the camera doesn't quite perform as well as it should. Um, So with this particular unit, I've had issues with night mode where it sort of introduces this weird green filter over everything and looks kind of odd and not very sharp compared to some of the other phones that do a similar feature. And given that you've played it and we know that you haven't lived with it long, would you recommend this? I mean, what's kind of, what, what do you think? What's your overall verdict? My overall verdict? Um, it's a very, very good phone. I think it's probably the best phone OnePlus has launched this year, all things considered, presuming this is going to cost less than the OnePlus 7 Pro. And I think part of the reason for that, like I've mentioned with all the specifications and the power and the speed, but also it feels a little bit slimmer and lighter, and that makes quite a big difference over the Pro, which I think most of us here at Pocket Lint felt was a little bit too big and too cumbersome. Um, so on the on the balance and presuming it's going to cost less, I think it's going to be, it is a fantastic phone, yeah. That's it for this week. If you've enjoyed the show, can you please give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform you're listening on? It really will help raise our profile and let others know you liked it too. Until next Friday, pip pip.